Jade Empire. He who proves his skill to be masterful proves himself to be immortal. Only the hands of a true master hold the fate of the Jade Empire. Perfect your skills with over 20 fighting styles. Battle your way through a mystical world where the boundaries between natural and supernatural are broken. The final test of your skill is past when your journey becomes legend. JadeEmpire.Xbox.com Bioware. It's good to play together. Rated M. Violence, blood, and gore. Welcome, dear listener, to our podcast. Jeff and Rick present Unpacking the Power of Power Pack. Where we journey through each issue of comics that include a member of the most underrated Marvel series from the 80s while drinking beer. Analyzing awesome and amazing adjacent adolescent adventures and absorbing alcohol. I am Jeff. And I am Rick. Random banter love. Random banter love. Random banter love. Random banter love. Random banter time, buddy. Talk to me. Tell me tall tales and tantalizing tidbits of trivia today. Runaway love? Yes. Okay. Yes, that was a is. guess. That no, was a guess. I, again, I've got a theme. It's replacing the word runaway with random banter. Ooh, gosh. Spoilers. <laughs> yes. Yes. We are covering runaways again. We're going to be covering it for a few more episodes. Three more after this one, to be exact. Mm-hmm. Well, this time it was a little ludicrous with uh, Mary J. Blige. Singing about, well, abused kids running away from home. Yeah, I think uh, most of these kids in here, at least on the runaway side, including, well, Vic wasn't abused, but I'd say, you know, actually the runaways weren't abused. They were, their parents loved them very much. Their parents were just evil. Yep. All right, that doesn't fit at all. Doesn't fit at all. Evil love. (laughs) Anyway, there's the random banter. Let's move in. Talk about stuff. Today on Twitter, I saw something come up that said, can you say something, a word that is in your city, that if other people say it, they know you're not from that city. And I instantly went on to Twitter and put in one word. Later on, I went back to Twitter and saw that word was trending for for, uh, Oregon. (laughs) (laughs) Because I wasn't the only person who said it. Okay. Specifically Portland. Really? And actually, there was two words, but the one that I, I saw multiple, multiple, multiple times. Okay, I'm curious what this Twitter trend is that you jumped on the bandwagon of. I'm going to spell it out, and I'm going to have you say it, because I'm pretty sure you're going to get it right. But you are, you do live up in Vancouver, or you, were, you are from Vancouver, mm-hmm. just over the river. Yes, across great waters. And now you do live on the west side, so let's see. There is a street in Portland that is spelled C-O-U-C-H. <laughs> How do you say that street? I, I was thinking you were going to say Will, uh, Willamette. But well, am it? Yeah, that's that's the second one. That's the second word. So that's the second word. But you you mean the word that spells like couch yet is pronounced like cooch? That is correct, sir. Ding ding ding! <laughs> I'm a localish. Yep. Mm-hmm. That is the shibboleth for Portland. <laughs> yeah. If you can say Willamette and you can say Cooch Street, but it really depends on which side of the town you're from. But if you say Cooch Street, there's there's another street too. G L I S A N. Oh, Gleason. Yes. Once again, people look at it and say, glisten. well, it's glisten. Glisten. You hear glisten and people from Portland, their 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 shoulders scrunch, <laughs> the hairs on the back of their head, the neck. They're like, what street are you talking about? Do you mean glisten? No, no, it's glisten. No, no it's, it's glisten. Glisten. No, it's not. 
the well, what on it? No, it's not. Orgon. No, it's not. And then, yeah, and then tempers flare and veins yeah. burst and. No, it's pronounced Couch Street. Trust me, I lived on the street. It's Cooch Street. <laughs> I lived four blocks from Gleason Street. It's Gleason Street. I, I trust me on this one. You know a thing. That that in the Willamette Willamette River. You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting, but that is very true. You say those, and it's like, yep, totally see that. Yep, totally see yep. that. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. I think everywhere has it, and especially areas that have the native tribal names, where it's just mm-hmm. kind of like, oh, I guess it's this, and it's like, it's not that, it's this. Yeah. We got the Native Americans, which that's Willamette. That comes from a lot of Native American, or a specific Native American word. Gleason and Cooch Street, those are two people who helped settle Portland. Mm-hmm. That's actually family names there. Anyways, that's my real random batter I want to throw in here. That just happened today. And I thought, oh, I'm going to mention this today because this just tickled me. That's neat. <laughs> I like it. And we'll get in a, in a timely two weeks fashion. Eh, you know, <laughs> it can still start some kind of debate on Twitter who from people who listen to our show, I guess. Yeah. And then they can say, yeah, the same with wherever they are at. Yeah. You know, and of course, of course, Waffles is going to come on here and he's going to say something, a bunch of words that we can't even pronounce from New Zealand, but yeah. you know, oh, well, whatever. Okay. This is great because <laughs> I actually was talking to a bus driver when I was in New Zealand and I was saying, I feel bad because I'm, I know I'm mangling the words when I, when I say them, he goes, there is a bunch of dialects here. There are, there's like 13 clans or nations or tribes. So there's, there's 13 peoples there. Then there's the different. So you get each one of those has a different dialect. Then the North Island and the South Island have different dialects. And then there's like reporter dialect. No, nobody says anything right. Everybody's wrong. Don't worry about it. I'm like, wow, that makes me feel really good. Only for a little bit because I'm still going to feel bad just because that's how I am. <laughs> and then there are those darn Australians. But <laughs> anyway, before we get ourselves in trouble with anybody else, let's go ahead and dive into this book about runaways. Jeff, can you please give us a two cents replay? From the last episode. Excelsior, the not team of not superheroes, researches the runaways so that they can super suit up one last time to force slash convince these kids to give up the superhero lifestyle and live the not teamed not superhero lifestyle just like they are doing, except for right now where they are teamed up and supered up because it is the right thing to do. And also because they will get one million dollars from a mysterious benefactor. The Runaways, on the other hand, are hunting down Victor, the person that their dead team member from the future told them to hunt down and kill before he could destroy them all. And when they track him to his lair, and by lair I mean high school, they push his voluntary surrender to them to the point where he cleans their clocks with his now-discovered power set until Nico kicks him asleep with her not-so-magical boots. Now that the Excelsior shows up on the last page, and I bet we start the next book with a standard superhero getting-to-know-you fight, two-sentence replay is over. Why don't you give me a beer and tell us what our power pack pick is? That would be my pleasure, my friend. If you reach into the beautiful paper bag that I left on your doorstep a few weeks ago. Right here. and Fresh from the fridge. And pull out the bottle, I'll sing you a little song about reading rainbow. Oh, I love reading rainbow. Take a look. It's in a book. Don't sue us, Jordy. Gigantic Brewing Company, Rainbow Supreme, a hazy IPA. <laughs> wow, that is uh, just a crayon-drawn sun in the sky right there. That's great. That's a rainbow. Yeah, that's a rainbow. Just concentric circles and a cross-hatching, all in yellows and oranges and greens and 
blues and purple. Yeah, it's, well, rainbow colors. <laughs> so yeah, that's pr- that's real pretty. I have a lot of these that are coming up that have a very similar theme because I started picking these up when I saw them and I said, there's somebody on the team that likes rainbows yeah. or has rainbows. So we are going to have a few of these ones that are going to be rainbow themed because we're a time when we're talking about Julie, and sometimes you just have to be nice and cheap with it. Actually, this is perfect because there's a couple of girls that are rainbow uh-huh. girls in this book. I was going to say, you're missing out on another one. She has mm-hmm. a name and everything. Carolina Dean. I knew that. Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. <laughs> oh, that's an IPA. That, that smells is an IPA. like an IPA. And this is Rainbow Supreme by Gigantic Brewing Company, 7.5% ABV, Rainbow of juicy and tropical delicious hop flavors in the soft and fluffy IPA. Bursting with citra, southern passion, and African queen hops. We know that citra is one of those hops that Jeff loves so much. It can be okay. It's the hop variety that I can name is what it really boils down to, to, to part the curtain. We tend to run a few of the, across a few of those ones. At some point in time, I should look and see all the different varieties of different hops that are out there. Yeah, we've got a PA orange type of color to our beer. Yeah. yeah it's got a little It's tran- little hazy. It's translucent. It's, it's hazy. hazy. It's got good mm-hmm. bubble to it, but it didn't make much of a head. It's got like a quarter inch of head on there, which is pretty decent for the pour that I did. I'm going to say that this is a very soft smelling, though. It it's, is. It's not strong. It's not very strong. When I opened the bottle, I very much was like, Poop, there's the IPA smell. And then as soon as I poured it into the glass and it's like, yeah, it's, yeah, hi, I'm an IPA. It's that friendly neighbor next door that you're, you always, you know, if you see him, you wave at him, but then you don't ever see him ever after that but you're like yeah that's a good guy so that's what this is with the uh with the hops on this with this ipa-ness it's just very much just like hi yeah i'm good you're an ipa yeah and as far as the taste goes this is quite pleasant it is this is a very summery mm-hmm. it's got it's got the citrus hits in it it's got a lot of citrus notes in there mm-hmm. the hops are very subdued yeah very subdued that is an easy drinking beer they are there on the aftertaste yeah but it's but, got a little bit of a tang in yeah, there. That's the citra. Yeah. And but then this is nice. Yeah. Past that, it's just kind of like, yeah, I got hops. Oh my goodness, this is a great introduction to IPA beer. Yes. Just do just, the, as, fo- just, do <laughs> just as long as you don't follow it up with any other, you know, strong oh, IPAs. Yeah. Well, it's just very much. This would be a great get you into the door. It's like, yeah. oh, I've heard some things about that IPA fellow. I don't want to mix up with them. No, they're really great. They're good with kids. This is that beer. <laughs> I think this is one of those beers that if you have this, if you've got somebody like us who doesn't like the flavor of hops or is first coming into drinking IPAs, this is, like you said, a nice introduction because those hops are not strong, but they're there. And you yep. can point them out to somebody and say, there's a little aftertaste in there. If it's, if you're tasting it like a little bit like metal, if you don't like that taste, that means that you may not like a lot of IPAs, yep. but you can still enjoy this beer. This is a gentle handshake. This is just, yeah. this is a getting to know you. This is a coffee date. This is just friendly. This is a mm-hmm. really good beer. I'm enjoying yeah. what I've been having so far, and I'm going to probably enjoy it throughout the rest of the night. Yeah. So yeah. I like it. Good Rain- pick. Thank you. Rainbow Supreme by Gigantic Brewing Company. Check it out. But now, we need to check out the opening credits. So, hit us, Jeff. Runaways, issue number three, June 2005. True Believers, chapter three. Credits. Writer, Brian K. Vaughn. Penciler, Adrian Alfona. Inker, Craig Jung. Letterer, VCs Randy Gentile. Colorist, Christina Strain. Associate Editor, Mackenzie Cadenhead. Editor, C.B. Sobolski. Editor-in-Chief, Joe Casada, Publisher, Dan Buckley. 
featuring the Runaways. Nico, who's a magic user. Carolina, who is an alien-slash-flyer with rainbow colors. Molly, who is a mutant who's super strong. Chase, who's a tech guy. And Gert, who's got a dinosaur called Old Lace. Guest starring Excelsior. Julie, known as Lightspeed. Chris, known as Darkhawk. Phil, known as Green Goblin. Really? Johnny, known as Ricochet. Mickey, known as Turbo. And Jono, known as Chamber. Also, we got Vic Mancha. When we last met the Jets and the Sharks, there was a lot of tension, talking, and a strange echoing of finger snapping. Somewhere in the background. The two teams have met on the field of battle, aka a high school football field, and are staring at each other. While Turbo is telling her people to just be cool. Telling two groups of superheroes suited up and ready to rumble to be cool. Well, yeah. Gert claims ignorance, calling Excelsior a Christian glam band, which allows Victor the opportunity to name off who the members are. Except for Ricochet, because he doesn't know who that is. And let's face it, nobody knows who that character is. Yeah, Ricochet says that's cold, man. That's cold. That's cold. <laughs> but for us, all of this is fine. But we have a lot of different things happening here. Excelsior wants an intervention with the Runaways. The Runaways want to kidnap Victor and possibly murder him. And Victor wants to be not kidnapped. What about being murdered? Yeah, he probably doesn't want that to happen to him either. Huh. Turbo really, really does not want to fight. She just wants to talk. She wants to communicate. She wants to... Zipped. Uh, what, what was that? Zipped, zipped, zip, zip, zip. Oh, that is just not good is what that is. Well, it's good for the runaways in any case, but not so good for the not team of not superheroes. Yeah, all of the members of Excelsior just took a laser to that one part of the body that safely takes them out of the fight without actually killing them. Who has access to lasers? Chase. Uh, apparently he just found the laser button on the frog. Okay, offense is the best form of communication, I guess. But in my defense, I might have that quote wrong. Nico feels that this is a win and pushes Victor into the frog as the rest of the runaways saunter away from the worst intervention ever. After the frog hops away, the Excelsior team pulls themselves up, dusts themselves off, and sadly realize how owned they just got by the freshman league. And, let's be honest, the name on the book belongs to that team that they just got owned by. So, Excelsior probably should have seen this one coming. Prior to following the fleeing miners, Chamber points out that he has no interest in being armpit carried by any one of the three flyers on the team. Okay, fine, he'll do it. But he draws the line at Dorkhawk carrying him. Meanwhile in the frog... Home of the fighting lasers! Lasers! They have lasers! 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 Speaking of lasers, even though Chase is still flying high about finally finding the weapon systems in their transportation, he has to admit that it uses the same power source as its cloaking device. So, it's a bird of prey more than a frog of leaping. No, it is a jumping frog. Pay attention. I was paying attention. It's a jumping frog with lasers now. It is also the middle of the afternoon, and they are running away from a clutch of superheroes. And, even though they are in L.A., the giant uncloaked flying green frog probably will stand out. Yes, a standing giant uncloaked green frog with lasers will stand out. Again, it is not standing, it is jumping. Moving on, there is a kidnapped teen inside of the frog, and this kidnapped teen points out that his family is poor. So, this will be the worst ransom plot ever. 
Kirk counters that this is not about the money, but about Vic's dad being a supervillain. Counter to the counter, his dad is dead. D-E-A-D, dead. How do you feel now, kidnappers? Except for Molly, it really does not phase the runaways that much. They have dead supervillain parents, too. It is literally why they are together. Well, counter to that counter's counter... Stop it. Victor emphatically, with sparks coming out of his mouth, states that his dad was not a villain, but a hero. A hero that died defending this country. Gert threatens him by saying that he needs to calm down now, or he'll be raptor lunch. And then, raptor droppings. Counter to the counter... I said stop it! Victor points out that old Ace is a Dianonuchus, not a raptor. Jeez! Don't you know your best friend? Meanwhile, at the high school... Home of the fighting parent. Victor's mom has arrived at the school and is getting stonewalled by some administrator about her son's kidnapping. <laughs> Which uh, seems like a great way to get sued. But that is okay, because Jorge, his best friend, shows up. Oh yeah, he was the uh, Hawkeye fan, right? Yes, he was. And he gives her the 411 on what occurred, including how Victor was super fast and super strong, and how he super magically made a super fist out of the bleachers to super smack around his super kidnappers. This does not seem to confuse or shock Mommy Dearest in the least. Hmm. Curiouser and curiouser. Meanwhile in the sky... Home of the fighting teammates! Guess what? Chamber is being carried by the armpits. Good news, though, he is not being carried by Darkhawk. So, partial victory? Yeah, we'll call it a partial victory. But there's also more good news. They have found the giant green frog flying above the city. Hooray! They have eyes, and they prove that they can use them. Now they just need to follow the runaways back to their base, and then... Krum! And then Darkhawk blasts the frog because he wants to be offensive, not defensive, and he equates the runaways to kids who bring guns to school. Wow, somebody's running for a mention in a later part of the script. The frog crash lands onto the set of some sci-fi film, just as the director tells the actors to act scared. <laughs> yeah, well, everyone present is okay, and the supersets are ready to throw some punches. Nico directs Chase to watch their prisoner, Vic. Wait, Tough Boy has no powers. What could he possibly use to keep Vic and his emerging powers where he's sitting? With a... Snick. Flick of a switchblade and a look, Chase informs Vic that he has his poor upbringing as a superpower. Nice. And speaking of nice, Excelsior is landing, and Turbo is apologetic and is asking the runaways if they're okay. Nico is not amused and informs Turbo that she sucks. Hey, you know how Turbo's armor has these giant fans on the arms? Well, it sure would be a shame if they turned on and reverse at max power, wouldn't it? Well, it is a shame because that's what they do. And it is a shame. For a few moments, Turbo attracts her teammates in a very uncomfortable way. Right up to the point where her gauntlets overload and give off a... Ma-bang! Turbo is down for the count, which means that Mr. Calm, Cool, and Level-Headed Darkhawk directs the remaining team to pair off with the Runaways while he takes care of the goth chick. Oh, goody. Well, first up is Ricochet. He is going after Gert and Old Lace. Now I know this guy is a low-rent knockoff of Spider-Man, so I am assuming that he is going out quick, right? Are you talking about the guy with the enhanced reflexes and mini-tron discs that can knock people out? Are you talking about the guy who in one move tosses a disc which takes out Gert before he catches it while standing on the top of old lace? <laughs> nah, this dude is doing just fine. Okay, let's move over to Chamber and Molly. Chamber is hesitant about taking on the young girl, as he has a strict policy about not harming helpless little birds like her. Yeah, and this 
strict code lasts right up until the moment she mocks him. So he unleashes his fire breath at her. We will conclude this match in a moment. Right. So now we check in on Carolina Dean and Julie Power, the two flying rainbow girls. And now, well, this is more of a meet cute than a meet fight. In fact, the only fighting that occurs is to see who can compliment the other more. They both gush over each other's rainbows and pretty looks and Oof. how well Julie can take a chamber-sized human to the face. So we finish up the chamber Molly fight with Molly getting annoyed that he tried to burn her with his face. So she knocked him across the building and into Julie. Carolina was annoyed that this happened, though, because she was still talking to Julie. Speaking of annoyed, let's take a look at Darkhawk and Nico. They really, really have issues. Sure, Nico is a goth teen girl with serious emotions, but Darkhawk is really an uncontrollable nerve. And a bit of a jerk. His first strike is to grab Nico by the throat and lift her into the air. Ricochet is not too fond of this move. He points out that the fight is over and that they have it all under control. Well... They are if your vantage point is sitting astride a dinosaur that is struggling to remove a wire wrapped around a snout, that is. Hawkboy ain't listening to Spider-Boy. He wants to teach this witch a lesson. A lesson that most likely starts and ends in violence. Thankfully, Turbo has recovered enough to tell Chris that he is out of line. She then follows it up with a punch to his jaw. Darkhawk, still in his battle thrall or battle rage or battle whatever, does not take kindly to the team leader's physical direction and blast her in the chest. Shroom. Molly and Carolina are not impressed with this display of ineptitude from these adult heroes. And I mean, huh, wow. As they go and pick up their fallen comrades, Chase, still in the frog, convinces Victor to help him fix the frog. Why would a kidnapped victim help his kidnappers? Uh, because, as Chase points out, the alternative is them leaving him with the team fighting amongst themselves. Point taken. After the runaways leave, Excelsior regroups, calms down, surveys the damage, and then they admit that, as Nico said earlier, they really do suck at this. On the opposite side of the coin, the runaways are patting themselves on the back for being fairly competent, especially Chase. And they begin to talk about what to do with Victor. On the opposite, opposite side of that coin, Victor's mom has returned home and is making a phone call to a mysterious person. Someone who she was never supposed to call. But she has to, because Victor was taken. And she has to call and tell this fact to the mysterious person. This mysterious person that turns out to be... Victor's father! Bum bum bum! You do know that coins only have two sides, right? I said, bum bum ba, why you gotta be a hater? To be continued. I'll tell you why I gotta be a hater. Because I hate a lot of things. But mm -hmm. one thing I don't hate is I don't hate the themes of this issue. And I really don't hate the cover of this book. So let's no, go ahead and good. talk about the cover, shall we? Mm-hmm. Nah, this is a great cover. We finally have a cover that features Excelsior. And this is a very, I don't know, very striking pose of the Excelsior team. They are all standing in kind of a line. It's a, it's a straight vertical line going up the book. You got Ricochet sitting or standing right in the front of the cover. He's got his arms kind of crossed a little bit. He's got one of his discs in between a couple of his fingers, and he's like right about ready to throw it. Right behind him, we got Darkhawk. He's got a couple of his blades out, and he's looking off to the book cover right. He, he's kind of got this intense look on his face, kind of above him and to the left. We've got Turbo, and she's looking all kind of intense. And above that, we've got Chamber, and he's looking kind of off to the side. He's looking, he's kind of got his arms out, and then, like, the psychic energy is coming out of his chest area. 
And you got a very, very happy Julie flying across the top. <laughs> yep. In her old costume, too. She's uh, yes. no midriff. No, no, no midriff. She is smiling. She's got this big old, yay, I'm flying <laughs> face, which is a little discordant, but quite hilarious. That's all right, though. This, again, is Joe Chen. It's kind of realistic. It's not too stylized. A little bit darker colors in there. Yeah, it's pretty muted. Pretty muted. It's a little desaturated. Mm-hmm. Looks great though. But Looks I, really I like good. it. I, I do enjoy it. I, I like Joe Chen's art. It's it's very enjoyable to me. Not to everybody's cup of tea, but I, I quite enjoy it. I quite find it fun. It makes the turbo armor look really good too. Yeah. As opposed to in the comic where I I don't like the new modified version of the turbo armor. Yeah, plus in in the comic, the new modified version, the, the arm turbos don't work anymore. Yeah, well they gone. They went <laughs> they went suck blowed. They went boomy, boomy, boom. Yep. They, yeah. they they fanned so hard that they can't fan no more. They sucked. Yes. <laughs> so now we have an actual good fight introduction with Excelsior. They're not just sitting around talking. They're sitting around talking and fighting. <laughs> and we get to see them in, in motion. Let's talk about what we think of these teams and, and how they're fighting together. I mean, last time mm-hmm. that we saw the, the Runaways got the upper hand on Excelsior. Uh, Chase comes in, he finds the laser buttons, and whoo, yay! Not yeah, lasers. Lasers. But then we actually see the fight occur. And there is different members of competence on Excelsior team. Yes, there is. They don't really know how to work together. But I think that we can honestly say that the most unknown person on this team... Ricochet is probably the most competent. <laughs> yeah, he was very competent. He was great. Well, here's the deal. Just because you happen to be kind of a Spider-Man knockoff uh-huh. is in itself a little insulting. However, if you're going to knock somebody off, knocking off Spider-Man is not the worst bet to do. They had a whole clone series about that boy. You know what I mean? Because there's a reason. If you can do what Spidey can do, odds are you can kind of hold your own team. Right. It's not even necessarily knockoff. It's just he's got super agility powers and he's mm-hmm. able to bounce around a lot that's one of spider-man's greatest moves yep he's got these discs that can knock people out he's really adapted throwing them and he can kind of uh, it looks like he's easygoing pretty chill and he can just kind of adapt to any kind of situation yep. and he's also trying you know not to kill anybody he's just like yeah. okay we're just going to resolve this issue bring it down a level and let's get this solved Mm-hmm. It's like, we just need to subdue them so that we can talk. It's right. just, we, it's, things have just gone off the rails by lasers and then by other lasers. Right. Nobody wants to fight. It's, we just need to talk. And I think Turbo might also be okay. I mean, she comes in like, okay, let's talk, let's talk. Yeah, and, well, she came in saying, let's talk, yeah. got lasered, came in later after Darkhawk shot, shot the frog out of the sky and was like, oh my God, are you guys okay? We just want to, and then they get the suck action going on, so... So both times Turbo has come in and been like, hey, we want a dialogue. And and she is also the one that gets in Chris's face, and rightfully Ooh, so. Very rightfully so. So, you know, she is trying to be the team lead and hold the team together. Uh, mayhaps we should have figured out who is high strung on the team and, and, mm-hmm. and maybe figured all that stuff out before we went into battle. I don't know. Julie doesn't get a chance to fight because she goes in and does the best meet cute in the world. Yeah, it does a meet cute. It's... Uh... <laughs> I do like Julie coming in as like, all right, we just want to have a dialogue and da da da. And uh, Carolina's all like, "You're so pretty. You're like really, really pretty." Oh, uh, yeah, you're 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 pretty too. I like your rainbow. Yeah, I like your yeah. rainbow. Yeah. yeah. What's your number? Can we talk more? Do you want to have and, coffee? And, and then and then Chamber comes in and third wheels it, makes it all awkward. <laughs> I blame Molly. Yeah. 
Chamber, he just went up against a bruiser who yeah. is not going to who's not going to be affected by his powers at all. So, no, well, he yeah. also went in with no knowledge of his opponents. He, sure. you know, he went in going, yeah, I have a strict policy of not hurting defenseless kids. Right. I don't fight helpless little little birds like you. Mm. you know, meaning that lasted almost no time because right. she makes fun of his accent. And he's like, I guess that strict policy's <clears throat> off. Well, <laughs> and, and Molly doesn't, Molly's got a fuse about that big as well. Yeah. So, so, and then of course we have the bottom of the barrel. We've got Chris Darkhawk. I collected Darkhawk back in the day. I liked the character. I, I know that I got the beginning of that run, I think. And we are going to see something a little bit more, and I know in the next book where he kind of talks a little bit about this, but he is off the rails. And mm-hmm. if we remember back to the first issue, he our second issue, he was very hesitant about doing this to begin with. He didn't want to get yeah. back in the armor. And once he gets in the armor, he is very hyped up and very intense about this. He's got no control. None whatsoever. Yeah, the, the combat juice is pumped through him now. Yeah. For no reason. None whatsoever. Yeah. He goes off the rails pretty darn quick. Right. There right. was a, At no point was he very much, oh, we need to dialogue or, or, oh, you don't understand. No, it was like, get him. Shoot him out of the sky. Yeah. Turbo's down. Yeah. You, you flank this way. Attack these people. I'm going for the goth chick. These kids who have powers and who have no parents, no responsibility, they, they're like a loaded gun that a kid brings to school. Wow, trigger yeah. warning here, you know? Yeah, yeah. He was, ter- he was terrible. Yeah. We'll talk more about that later, I'm sure. Yes, I bet we will. I bet Spoilers. we will. Spoilers. <laughs> what about Victor? Victor doesn't really do much except be a victim in this one. Yeah, he was present. Yeah, but how laid back is he? It's too laid back. Too. Too laid back. We could say that he's uh, a go-with-the-flow kind of guy. He dresses cool. He's also like, yeah, this is cool. I got superpowers. And these people are like, yeah, I'm sure we can clear this up. And then maybe I can join a team or they can train me or something. But he is way too calm. Way too too kind of blasé about the situation. Yeah, he's just been kidnapped. He wasn't even really beaten too much. No, he got kicked in the chin. But this was after he smacked around an entire team. Yeah. Like on accident, almost. It's it's almost like he thinks he he's he doesn't know his powers that well. He's afraid to use them, and he's just willing to be cowed by mm-hmm. all of this other these other superheroes mm-hmm. around him. They seem like they know what's going on more. It's the genuflection to the authority figures. It is like I don't know what's happening, but you do. I'm going to bow to your superior knowledge on this. You guys have a flying frog. Okay, all right. Maybe as soon as we get it all talked down. <laughs> as soon as I meet a team that's got a flying rabbit, I'm going to listen to them. Because yeah. a rabbit's bigger than a frog. Yeah, you just got to work your way up the <laughs> yeah. uh, you yeah. know, the animal scale kingdom uh, chart until yeah. pretty soon. Oh, ultimately, you're going to end at a whale. Yeah, well, that, it so, happens. It, oh, it no, happens. he's going to join Protocol with their whale sub. <laughs> oh, Victor, that's what went wrong with you. No, Mancha, stay away from Protocol. They're bad. Let's talk a little bit more about Victor. I mean, we don't know much. We see, again, his mom talking to Jorge. We see his mom making a mysterious phone call. Do you know who his dad is? Um, no. Has an old rotary phone, has the fancy desk and fancy chair, has has an antique clock and a glass case. I'm going to guess Kang. Okay. Okay. No, honestly, do you remember who... Because, you know, you've read this once before, but I wanted to know if you remember. I have no cognizance so it's not obvious to you at this point it's not obvious who it is with a name like victor it makes me think dr doom that's just like i know it's it's too on the nose yeah the clock makes me think maybe kang the conqueror but no i have no clue at all i just know that you know he was lied to basically it was just like 
my dad wasn't a superhero. He was a hero that, you know, he he was a, a hero. I'm assuming maybe a soldier or something died for the country. That's what he's been told his entire life. I'm enjoying this because, I, like you I said, know. I have read all this. So uh-huh. I know exactly what Victor is. And this is entertaining to me. Okay. Because <laughs> for me, I'm interested looking, to find back, out. looking back, I was like, this is pretty obvious. I can't remember when reading this, if like it clicked for me right away. I don't know if I was really trying to solve the mystery. I was just mm-hmm. enjoying the book. So I hope it's not Magneto. Dang it. <laughs> I hope it's not Magneto. Don't tell me I'll it's figure it out. It's actually the leader from the Circus of Crime. That's who it is. Oh! <laughs> Hypno Hat Man. <laughs> the Disco Hustler. <laughs> oh, of course it... No! Oh, wait a minute. It all makes sense. This is why he was so calm to get into their flying, jumping frog machine. His father is the frog. His father or is the, or, Toad. Ooh, wait. Toad. It might be the Toad. Yeah. It's toad. That makes sense. Yeah. That's why he's instinctively just relaxed around toads and frogs. <laughs> I like this theory. I like this theory. Do you have anything else you wanted to talk about from this book that really stood out at you? I think the school administrators need to have a counselor talk to them or something because they're <laughs> not good with talking to a parent when you're just like, look, lady, I know your kid was kidnapped. I know your kid was kidnapped by some super people. I've called the police. What else do you want from me? You know, it's like, mm. You might need to spin this a little bit better. I know you seem kind of tired about all this, but maybe you need to have her talk to the counselor or something. I have a little problem with a school administrator who looks frazzled talking to the parent whose child was abducted. Yeah. You don't look frazzled. You you straighten that tie. Mm-hmm. You get your act together. You, you push that comb over right back on the side of the mm-hmm. head that's supposed to be. And you talk to the parent. Mm-hmm. You comfort them. You don't like, oh, God. This lady. It's like, look, lady, just your kid's probably a smoker because high schoolers smoke. And also a lot of high schoolers get kidnapped. I don't know why you're coming to me about it. Maybe this is a thing you need to deal with at home. Why does it always have to be me? Why? Why? That was very much a situation where it's like, even if you have nothing you can do about it or no knowledge about the situation, you need to be able to like, ma'am, this is a travesty. I'm so sorry. I have no information to give you right now. All the proper authorities have been contacted. We are going to do everything we can to get your son back safe and sound. Yeah, that that didn't that didn't happen. That didn't happen. No, no, no. And no. then he can walk away and go back to texting or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about one of the runaway characters. And this week, I was going to talk a little bit about Nico, Nico Monoro. So tell me, Jeff, what do you think so far about Nico? She is a uh, of Asian descent goth girl who is trim and has a magic staff that can do spells. I don't know if I know anything about her other than that. <laughs> well, let me help you out, sir. Begin Runaways, she finds out that her parents are magicians, her parents are evil, and they have access to a lot of pretty strong magical power. She was destined to receive the staff the staff of one and this is a staff that when she first encounters that her parents and finds out that they are evil and that they're dark wizards her mom actually tries to jam the staff into her chest and nico's body actually absorbs it Hmm. weird thing so later she gets cut and when she does the staff reemerges from her body and then she says freeze and at that point in time she freezes somebody after time, she starts to figure out that the staff can disappear and she can call it forth if she if she's bleeding. She can make it come forth and she can use the staff as many times as she wants or she can only use one spell 
Ever. She has infinite access to spells, but only one, one use of each. One use of spell. So she said freeze. She froze somebody. She said freeze the second time, and random magic happened. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so she cannot use a spell twice. Later on, she starts to get very, very intelligent. She starts to really work on her memory so she can remember all the spells that she's used. She also starts to learn other languages because mm-hmm. she can say freeze in English, but she can say freeze in another language and voila. <laughs> mm-hmm. So she starts to go through and do a lot of thinking okay. like that. Because she could also start working around it. Freeze. Chill. Yeah. Ice to meet you. She, she's done many things like that. But the Staff of One is incredibly powerful. Incredibly mm. powerful. But it's... Can't resurrect. Eh, well... Has well, some limits. We'll, it's we'll, a genie. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. It's a genie. Can't bring back the dead. So, we are still at the beginning of her time. But in the future, she goes on and is probably the most popular member of this team. She actually has appeared in a number of other issues. Her and Chase I'd actually... i argue appeared. that there is a dinosaur on their team. No, I, she has appeared more, <laughs> a lot more than Old Lace. But she has appeared in a lot of other comics like Avengers. Avengers Arena, she appeared in that with Chase. She was in A-Force for a while. She kind of shows up in a lot of different areas and a lot of different uses. I actually think I've seen her in some other stuff, mm-hmm. uh, just in like pop-in kind of things yeah. where it's just like... She has... A lot of relationships. She probably has more relationships with more people on this team than anybody else. <laughs> Meaning like romantic relationships? Yes. Or, oh, okay. <laughs> yes. She she tends to have... A, she doesn't control her emotions that well, which is mm-hmm. kind of funny because as the goth girl, she seems to be very emotions and checked. But it doesn't work out well for her. And Pressure cooker. Yeah, pretty much so. Mm-hmm. I like the character. I think she's very interesting. It, it is not a surprise to me that she is the standout character from this series as it went forward. Mm-hmm. I, there's a lot that you can do with this character. She recently, I think most recently, has shown up in Doctor Strange. Source, Doctor Strange's oh, Sorcerer. Oh, the uh, Strange Academy, Strange Academy. Or yeah, whatever thanks. it's called. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, that's where I've seen her recently. She's one of the teachers there. So she is a very versatile character, and you can use her in a lot of different mediums throughout the Marvel Universe, which is nice. Hmm. Anyways. That's a little bit more about Niku. Niku. Let's go ahead and talk about some of our final thoughts about this issue. You ready? Mm-hmm. I am. All right. We always like to start off our final thoughts with Gallery of Greatness. What piece of art in the book needs to be pinned to the walls of our lair in the tar pit? Jeff, you got a, you got a joke for us, buddy? I do. My backup joke one is on page 19, and I call it Conflict Resolution. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of two panels, but it could be either one. This is when Turbo is upset with Dorkhawk and punches him in the face, and then Dorkhawk is upset with Turbo and blasts her in the tummy with his magic chest piece thing. Man, if that's just not good conflict resolution, I don't know what is. <laughs> yeah, we have issues with Dorkhawk, but when he gets angry and when he blasts out that energy blast right into Turbo's chest... yeah. Although I would say Turbo would be somebody who can take it very well because she has amazing armor. That's fine, but, mm-hmm. but that still, looks painful. It does look painful. It reels her back. It does look like it, you know it's right in the breadbasket and it looks like it's going to knock some wind out for a little bit. Yes, yes. Because she just punched him in the in the helmet and then yeah. he got all mad about it. Yeah, which I, I can see it. I can see it. All right. Well, let me tell you about my backup joke. And I call this one 
I'm so embarrassed. And this is on the page before, and it's the picture of old lace. Oh yeah, <laughs> sitting there. And this is this is as Darkhawk has got his hands around Nico's throat, and in the background you see old lace sitting there with ricochet on top of him. And old lace is she's got her paws up, her claws, and she's trying to pull apart this wire that's wrapped around her snout. She's like, "I'd fight you, but but I have peanut butter." On the top of my, on the roof of my mouth, and I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, there's a mister on me, just riding <laughs> me, basically, but I, I can't, not even mouth. worried about that. Not even worried about yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, mm, mm. got that errant hair on your nose. You're just like, <laughs> I gotta get this off, and I can't. <laughs> what do you have for your top joke one? My top joke one is on page 20, and it's the bottom of the page, and I call it good teamwork there. Good teamwork. <laughs> And this is when the nicely beat up runaways are just saying, you know, there we got our exit strategy, Frog, and we can just leave. And Ricochet is grabbing onto Turbo while she's turbo kicking Darkhawk <laughs> in the gut. It's just the continuation of the conflict resolution from earlier. And uh, it's just good teamwork. You also see <laughs> Chamber and Julie crawling off of the, the top of the set. <laughs> yeah, the big green yeah. screen in the background. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I do love turbos powered up she's powering up her turbo and just super blasting her knee into yep. his gut and yeah ooh, ooh, again yeah. either dark hawk armor can take it but come on that just hurts yeah hurts. The, uh, the, it seems like the dark hawk and the turbo armor are really kind of similar even coloration and yeah. everything. so well you know they're their team they like dark colors what yep got a problem with that <laughs> nope. I was just thinking it would be weird. Yeah. Again, characters I know so little about. And I know well, I know enough about them to realize what's going on, but it's just kind of like, yeah, black and silver and armor, but partial armor and da 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 da. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. It's it's kind of I see it as kind of like just the vibe of it seems like, okay, equal power set, equal equal footing. For my top joke one, I, it's maybe not a joke. It just it seemed funny to me when I made this joke. There mm -hmm. are just too many rainbows in this picture. Uh, and this is this is the meet cute between Julie and Carolina as they're meeting in front of the green screen. And it's just too many rainbows, folks. There's too many rainbows. It's just too cute. It's on page 17. It's my uh, top favorite, funnest, bestest yeah. picture. And I called it the rainbow connection. <laughs> there you go. That is your top one. Mm -hmm. My backup best art is a few pages before this, right at the beginning of when the fight's going to start, inside the frog. And it is the picture of... Mr. Chase saying, poor upbringing, as he's <laughs> flicking open the knife. That's so nice. There is something about that scene. It's just, Chase doesn't have much he can stand on as far as any kind of intimidation factor. But that's no. pretty darn close. He's a fit-looking guy. He looks like he, he's very physical, and he's got a knife. Yeah. And he's explaining that his superpower is a poor upbringing. And that's kind of like, yeah, I don't need to be cut. Vic is, Vic is sitting down, so the shot, the camera angle, is pointing up, and so you're kind of looking up at Chase's face, and he's flipping over that switchblade, and it looks pretty darn good. Pretty darn good. Yeah, it's a really good one. Uh, this I kept on popping back into this one quite often. I like it a lot, too. What was your backup best art? My backup best one is on page five, and it's a, a three-quarter splash page, mm -hmm. and I call it, woohoo, lasers! And this is when the dialogue breaks down immediately because Chase found the frog's laser button and started pushing it really hard. And all of Excelsior starts falling down because they got hit in that special body part that laser. 
lasers hit and knock out. It's the non-deadly lasers. So yeah, at least the, he the found that lasers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go back to the good fight at the end there. And we talked about this one a little bit. This is where Ricochet goes over and he fights Gert. And the scene where he takes out Gert and Old Lace mm-hmm. is pretty impressive. Oh, it's great. It's really good. Because we got the scene there and we see... It's kind of a shadow of Ricochet. You see a really shadowed out part where he's got one hand on Old Lace's snout. Little shadowed out version of him as he's flipping over doing a somersault over the top of Old Lace. And then the last one where it's, it's all of him, he's sitting on the back of Old Lace, catching the disc that he threw that knocks out Gert as Gert's right in front of him. It's pretty impressive. It is pretty oh, impressive. Great. And I called that one Smooth Operator. <laughs> yeah, no, that's an impressive <laughs> shot. And it's just like, he's fast, he's quick, he's accurate. He he catches the disc that he threw that he knocked Gerd out with. That's uh-huh. amazing. Yeah, yeah. All right. Let's go ahead and talk about the rubber and glue moment. What was the best or most childish insult in this book? And I'm going to go ahead and say, Jeff, who do you think that fakey accent is fooling? Seriously. Right then, so much for that policy. It's on page 16 of Marvel Unlimited. It's also my backup one. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. Yep. Yep, fake, yep, 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 yep. Fakey accent. Fakey fake accent. accent. Who are you fooling with that fakey accent? Yeah, yeah, we have to do that one. <laughs> so very nice. Yep, yep, yep. So as far as the top one here, I'm mm-hmm. going to go ahead and go to a couple pages forward. Not page three. Hmm. And I'm going to say, Jeff... You take another step, Tin Man, and I unleash a lot worse than flying monkeys. It's more of a threat than a rubber and glue, but I Mm -hmm. liked it. (laughs) (laughs) What is your top insult? My top insult is on page three, and it's when uh, Turbo is all like, Hey, you know, you kids, everybody be cool. Our organization was founded to help kids like you. And Gert's all, what are you, a Christian glam band? And Nico's all like striper. (laughs) (laughs) uh, It made me laugh. (laughs) All right. Let's go ahead and talk about the most popular and the most shunned. Shun! Identify the child who was the best and the worst in this issue. Mm -hmm. Let's go ahead and talk a little bit about uh, Darkhawk, shall we? (laughs) Yes, we should talk about the worst character. And, uh, okay, on three, we've already said Darkhawk. Everybody, Darkhawk. Darkhawk? Yes, Darkhawk. Dorkhawk? Dorkhawk. Dork? Yep. Just, what a dork. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The jerkometer is high on this man. Yes. Okay, I don't know how much of it is his suit or is whatever, but... It's not good. It's not good. He is the worst in this one. Oh, I can handle times. I can handle every single other person hands and shoulders above. Yes, I said hands and shoulders because, you know, whatever. But <laughs> I, I, I can just really enjoy everybody else in this book more than I can Darkhawk in this one. Yeah, he was terrible. When he shoots down the frog, he shot them out of the sky in, and they crashed into a movie set. They crashed into a populated building. It is amazingly fortuitous that nobody was injured with that. There is nothing that he did that showed that he was a good guy in this situation. No, whatsoever. no. He was, a, he was a bad guy. Yeah. Plain and simple. He was a jerk. He was a bad guy. Okay, him and Turbo kind of make up at the end where Turbo's like, you know what? You said you weren't ready. I should have checked with you more. I just thought this was going to be a lot easier. But yeah, he there was no redemption story for this boy. No. He was just terrible. From bad ideas from stem to stern. Let's go on the opposite side of that coin. Mm-hmm. Best kid. 
I got Chase. I also have Chase. Really? Not just because you said it and I haven't planned ahead or, or thought this part <laughs> out, but also because of the reasons that you're going to say why Chase is a good guy. Boy did good. He did so good. Also, lasers! <laughs> lasers! Lasers! He found the lasers on the ship. He intimidated Victor with attitude. <laughs> yeah. And then he convinced Victor to help them. Yeah, he charged up logic. the ship with that. So yeah. he did a lot of good things. It was the simple little things he did. He had two jobs or three jobs in here. <laughs> Actually, he, there were, I just came up with another one. He had three jobs in here. He had to protect his team, which he did by finding the lasers. He had yep. to fly the ship, which he did well. Even after it was blasted out of the sky, yep. he did crash it successfully where nobody was hurt mm-hmm. and not damaging the ship too much. Yeah. And he was, he needed to watch over actually four jobs he needed to watch over the his kidnapped the kidnapped victim he did it with intimidation and then yes. he needed to get the ship fixed and he did so he did everything that he was supposed to he was so good i was amazed by it again just the lasers line it's like they did that joke like three times in it and it just made me happy every time and the one that they ended on with i think it was nico talking to him and it's like chase why aren't we cloaked you know, he's yeah. like, well, because the lasers took the slip power. And it's just like, how are we supposed to be hiding in downtown in the middle of the day without the cloaks? And he's like, lasers? <laughs> I'm like, that is a viable answer. Does it work? Put it on the board. He saved the team. Didn't realize that this would take away the, the invisible yeah. thing. It's not his fault. No, he's I learning. I can handle one thing at a time here. This thing right now is we're escaping. You want me to mm-hmm. fix that? We can't escape. Okay. Yep. What do you want from me? So, no, I am all on board with him. Yep. Um, I'm totally on the chase train. He was amazing in this. I I loved him. I loved him. I loved him in this. And I am amazed that I'm saying this because just one, two issues ago, I'm like, this guy is sure a dark hawk. Yeah, well, I'm sure sure it'll get back there at some point in time. Oh, yeah. Everybody fumbles the ball from time to time. Let's even a broken clock twice a day. (laughs) Yeah. Let's go ahead and rank this in our new list of books as we try to figure out where this fits in with the single appearance of Power Pack people, we've got three of them on this list. Uncanny mm-hmm. X-Men Volume 1, number 205, Runaways 1, Runaways 2, and then that order. <laughs> so mm-hmm. this is definitely not above number one, but I don't think this is at the bottom of the list. I it enjoyed this no one. no way at the bottom of the list. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. Where do you want it, sir? Hmm... I almost think, I think it should be the number two. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. Yeah, it, I enjoyed this better than them beating up some construction workers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I enjoyed this more than when they assaulted a high schooler at his school in public. Yeah. Maybe it's the volumes volume of teenagers getting in a fight that made it work for me. I, think, I don't know. I think what's happening here is we're starting to see some of the things pay off. They're, they're, yeah, the storylines are starting to coalesce. Right. There's still a lot of talking. We're going to go into more talking. There was some action. There was some good action in this. It was a nice mixture of the fighty fight and the superhero and the tights and cage and the talkie talkie. It was a good mixture of the things that we liked. So I am perfectly fine with this being number two on our list. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. Jeff, Rainbow Supreme Hazy IPA that we have been drinking as we've been talking for the past hour. You still liking it, my friend? I'm liking it. I have I drank it down. I refilled my glass. I got the, the hazy glug in there, so it's a real hazy because, you know, hazy things tend to have a lot of sediment at the bottom of the bottle, and when you forget about that, you go glug glug, and it's like, well, I guess I'm drinking that. It's good. The flavor profile hasn't changed. It's been easy all this time. A lot of time with the, some of the beers that we'll be drinking, you know, I'll take a sip of it and I'll have to take a minute to kind of recover either from like the mouth going or 
you know, excessive spit being made or it clogging up my throat or it just being, you know, like ah, too strong, you know, those kind of things. This is pick it up, drink it, set it down, drink it, talk, talk through it. It's really good. I am really a big proponent of Gigantic does really good beers. Yeah, Gigantic is good. I, I can usually count on them. And they did a really good job with this hazy IPA. Yeah. I'm, I'm torn between a four, four and a half. Oh, really? I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, at a four myself. I, I decided with going with a four. I started up in 3.5. I was like, no, I'm enjoying it more than a 3.5. It would be happy 3.5, mm-hmm. but I went ahead and went with four. So where are you landing? Uh, you know what? I'm going to be very gracious with this. I'm going to give it a four, five. All right. I am really enjoying this, this IPA. And that is, again, a shocker from, for me because, again, wasn't an IPA drinker before doing the show, but I guess we are now 130 nine into them or something so <laughs> we are a few between this and our patreons we're in a few episodes and yep. uh we have be, we have expanded our love of different beers look at me learning stuff i know who a character in runaways is now i am proud of you jeff it's nice to see my little boy growing yay next are you going to tell me where flowers come from or bees or birds i will leave that up to your daughter to tell you that <laughs> And that brings us to the kids' perspective, and that's where Rick talks to his 11-year-old daughter, Carrie, about the issue that we just covered. So, Rick and Carrie, please take it away. Hello, Carrie. Hello, Daddy. How are you doing today? Good, and you? I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. We're here to talk about another runaway issue, correct? Yes. All right. And this one is the third issue in the series, correct? Yes, And this issue, we are seeing uh, the fight between the Runaways and Excelsior, correct? Right, and also Excelsior and Excelsior. That's right. What do you think about Excelsior as a team that, you know... It doesn't really go together. They're like magnets plus and plus. (laughs) Okay. They, They don't know how to work together, do they? No. So are you impressed or disappointed in them? A little disappointed because they're um, not really working together very well. No, not really. Not really. Who do you like on the Excelsior team and who do you not like on the Excelsior team? I like Julie because Uh I know her. What do you think about Ricochet, the guy who's got the discs? He's okay. Oh, yeah? Um, He seems to be the most competent He's able to actually disable Old Lace and Gert without... Yeah, he was the one who's actually kind of trying. Right. Um, And he doesn't seem to be... He tries to calm everybody down a little bit. Yeah. Yeah? They're they're kind of like very... They all don't really seem to like to be on the same team. It's not working very well. Not really. Not very well. What did you think about Julie on the team? She was, um, okay. She, she only stopped to talk to Carolina, like, the person who she was supposed to be fighting. What, what was that like? What What did you get from Carolina and Julie meeting? They are like, saying how pretty they were. Or, like, um, Carolina was like, wow, you are really pretty. And, um, Julie was all, oh, yeah, um, you too. And they were like, oh, Really? Yeah, I like the way your hair glows and stuff. And then, and then Molly just throws somebody at um, Julie. <laughs> and then Carolina's like, "Molly, I was talking to her." It was more flirting than fighting. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting, isn't it? Yeah. 
What did you think about the Runaways this issue? I feel like they suddenly had like the upper hand since the Excelsior was always fighting. Yeah, that helps a lot. They seem to be able to work pretty well together, right? Right. And especially, you know, they're the one who has like this one boy who's I mean, in the future is going to kill them. So well, they're doing pretty well considering that. They've kidnapped him, right? Right. What do you think about him? Is he? Do you know any, have any other guesses? Do you know who his father might be? <laughs> well... I have a feeling that at the end, when it said father knows best, I mm-hmm. feel like maybe maybe his mom lied to him. His father is still alive, isn't he? Yes. Yes, he is. Do you know who it might be, though? No. Who would you like his father to be? Let me put this a different way. If you had a villain as a father, what villain would you like to be your father? No villain. Oh. <laughs> All right. What do you think about the cover of this issue? It shows ex- the Excelsior, right? Do you like it or not? Yeah. Um, I keep getting their names, like, very mixed up. I, I still don't know their names very, very well. Well, Ricochet's at the front, and I think Darkhawk is right behind him, and then Turbo, and then Chamber's the one with the, the fire in his chest. Chest, and then Julie. I, I know Julie. Yeah. Well, we got a few more issues with these people, so maybe by the end you'll get to, you'll remember them. Yeah. Are you still enjoying this series, though? Uh-huh. Pretty easy to read through? Mm-hmm. Okay. Anything else you want to say? His mom talks Spanish. That's right. You can understand that, right? Yeah. Anything I need to know, or is it pretty self-explanatory? Um, well, when she was talking to his friends, yeah, he was like, you know what I'm saying? And she, and she says, no, ¿de qué estás hablando? That means, no, what are you talking about? Oh, thank you. That helps me a lot. I appreciate it. Nothing really important. It's just she's saying that. I still appreciate it since I can't speak Spanish, and you can. So thank you very much. You're welcome. Oh, secrets of Spanish, no equals no. <laughs> and on that note, thank you very much for your time, Carrie. Welcome. I love you. Love you too. Ha <laughs> Carrie! Always wonderful to have you with us. Thank you so very much. Shout out time! We like to recognize those listeners that take the time to write in or leave us a review. This is for episode 98, where we covered a plethora of cameo appearances. Charles Gears. Clinton Robinson and his podcast, Coffee and Comics and Fan Film Fridays. Colin Stapleton and his podcast, The Worst Comic Podcast Ever. Damian Droughtwitter, and he says, Great episode as ever. He also pointed out that the Cage writer Marcus McLaurin was assistant editor on Power Pack issues 35 through 52, so would have been very invested in Power Pack. Dear Watchers, a multiverse and what-if podcast. Hoover Jeremiah and his podcast, Four Million Years Later. And he says, I have a feeling I don't know about some of these, so looking forward to it. New Warriors Talk. Stephen Gray. Tim Price and his podcast, The Outcasters. We also like to thank our wonderful patrons who help support us and give us a little bit of dough so we can keep doing this show. In these trying times. <laughs> we would like to thank the adorably astonishing and amazing Andrew Burns. Cheerfully cheeky and charming Char Logan. Challenging, cheesy, and chuckling Charles Gears. Destructive and devastatingly delightful Damian Witter. Dynamically dangerous and devious Doug Jones. Exciting, energetic, and entertaining Edward Verrochi. Jesting, joking, and jovial Jeff Polier. Just jealous and jeweled Jeremy Daw. Mighty, muscly, and meticulous Matthew Birdsey. Mythical and magnificent, monologuing Matthew Laserwitz. Rudely rhyming and running Rustin Fritcher. Steely, salty, and steamy Sailor Bear Zodar. Sad and sickeningly silly Shag Matthews. Strange and stirringly steady Stephen Gray. Tyrannically terrifying and tame Tim Price. 
technically terrific and triumphant Toddy Knock. Way, way, wordy and wobbly waffles. Weird and wonderfully wacky wind. Be sure to check out the other shows that we are on, our junior agent submissions on the MI6 Rogue Agent episodes of On Her Majesty's Secret Podcast, and my show, Monthly Monday Movie Muckabout, on the Longbox Crusade Network. And we have some merchandise available on Redbubble. Go to redbubble.com and search for Unpacking the Power of Power Pack. Jeff and Rick present is a bi-weekly self-produced podcast recorded in front of a live studio audience of Rick and his beard, which needs trimmed, in Portland, Oregon. If you would like to interact with us through the magic of the internet, you can do so through Twitter at Jeff and Rick present, our Facebook page, Jeff and Rick present, our email address, Jeff and Rick present, all one word at gmail.com, or at our website, Jeff and Rick present.wordpress.com. Also, our YouTube channel is at Jeff and Rick present. And if you would like to help support our show, we are on Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com, Jeff and Rick present, all one word. We are also a proud supporter of the Hero Initiative, and we will be donating 10% of our Patreon donations to this great cause. We encourage everyone to give what they can to this worthwhile organization that helps the creators who provide us with such great content. Go to heroinitiative.org to find out more. Please rate and review us wherever you can. Tell your friends about us or share your love for us on social media. And as always, we want to thank the powerful people in our packs. My wife, Cindy, and our daughter, Carrie. My fiance, Hillary, and our daughter, Aurora. We We love love you. Until next time, costumes costumes off. off. Our theme music is 80s action. Also featured in this episode is Artifact. All music is by Kevin McLeod at Competech.com and is licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 license. Okay, apparently Hillary has another joke to say. All right, go ahead. It's not a joke. Hey, Rick, can we get can we get one box of Samoas and one box of the new caramel doohickey ones? Okay, cookies ordered. Yep. <clears throat> apparently, cookie order supersedes everything else. No, that's fair. Oof. When we last met the Jets and the Sharks, there was a lot of tension, talking, snapping, and a strange echoing of... Oh, okay, that joke's already there. (laughs) 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 Darn you, Heineken, with your forethought. Oof. Victor points out that Old Lace is a Dynanukus. 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 Victor points out that Old Lace... Dynanukus. Dynanukus. Oof. Hey, you know how Turbo's armor has these giant fans on the arms and legs? Well, it would be a real shame if, uh, those arm... Hey, you know how Turbo's armor has... Here we go. This one's for real. Three-take Bartlett. Hey, you know how Turbo's armor Four-take Bartlett. Oof. Blipstream, that's a song. Do-do-do. Ba-da-da. Rick again. Me.